Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today we are talking about the intersection of brain chemicals and the contemplative life. And I personally find it fascinating that God designed us with different sorts of brain chemicals. And a couple of years ago, I started geeking out on learning more information about all the different brain chemicals that we have. And over the years, I've certainly heard of various brain chemicals here and there, but just clumped them all together. However, taking time to learn about each one and really understanding what they do and how they function in us has helped me to understand ways that actually I find that the contemplative life um, can help us gain these chemicals in some healthy and sustainable ways. And so as a quick overview, I'm gonna just name the four chemicals and then we'll go through each one and, and talk about them more in depth. So I like to use the, the word dose as a, as a reminder. So D for dopamine, O for oxytocin, S for serotonin, and E for endorphins. So let's circle back around and talk about the first one, dopamine. Um, for those that aren't familiar with dopamine, our brain produces dopamine when we accomplish a goal or we have some sort of an achievement. And so when we feel that satisfaction, dopamine is what helps us to stay motivated with rewards of new experiences. So then on the flip side, when we don't have dopamine or when our dopamine is low, we tend to lack motivation to pursue new things, to accomplish goals. Um, and even though we might enjoy the end result, we don't really have the desire to pursue that further. So I wonder for the two of you, how have you seen dopamine or lack of dopamine show up in your life? And are there, are there some ways that the contemplative has helped you? I think it is generally true that I, I can use dopamine all day long. It's like a strength of mine to have goals or lists or various things. And, and I use like apps that do it too. So, you know, you can be headed towards a goal on an app and you can mark your daily progress and it'll show you graphs. And I use them. I am, whereas I have friends that will say that's so much work. I don't want to track myself that much. Like, I love it. So I feel like in that sense, I'm probably a dopamine junkie without even knowing it. Right. Um, yeah. And then the other little things like mowing the lawn and seeing the lines from where you mowed that is so rewarding to me i will look out the window and just marvel so yes dopamine i love it christina i think it's interesting that you point out i just want to name this too i think with the dose oftentimes we do have one or two that are pretty high and maybe more organic for us and other ones that are maybe others that we have to nourish a little bit more so that's interesting that you're naming that dopamine comes very natural to you and it sounds like you find it in all different ways all throughout the day. So thanks for sharing that. I think I might be the opposite. Uh, dopamine, I don't get a whole lot from it. In fact, I talked to several people and they're like, oh, don't you love checking off a list? And I said, actually, I don't. I don't love it at all. I would I, I would rather uh, get, you know, a project done. Uh, I have some sense of gratification whenever I, you know, I just installed a dryer. I mean, I have some sense of accomplishment, but dopamine really doesn't do much for me. So it's interesting how we're all made and wired. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my husband said the exact same thing. He was like checking off lists. 
I'd rather not have a list. And so there is that. I mean, I also know people who do lists even better than me, right? So there's definitely a gamut, but I love it. That's so interesting. Well, I think that's a great segue into the second chemical, which is oxytocin. And we release oxytocin when we feel safe and bonded with others. So sometimes it's nicknamed a love hormone, a connection hormone. It shows up when we feel connected to either people or to animals. And um, so, yeah, maybe maybe this is one that's a higher for you, Chris. I don't know if you have some comments on oxytocin. I can riff on oxytocin all day long. In fact, you know, I, I haven't had a, a, a good day until I've met somebody new or connected to somebody new. And so I really connect with oxytocin. Um, whenever I do things with people, I notice when I'm doing a project with people, there's much more reward from that experience than the actual, you know, getting something done by itself. If I'm with a person doing something and we're chatting, uh, that is a great reward for me. Um, so I really uh, resonate with this idea of oxytocin being a chemical that feeds me in a positive way. I also really relate to oxytocin, but I, I think it's worth noting if I think back to my dopamine issue, so one of the like unhealthy expressions of dopamine is um, workaholic, and it is very easy for me to get in a like over-focused, you know, tunnel vision world. And so, like that contemplative practice, even of putting the hand over the heart, like these are really meaningful ways for me to settle and move to that different space and start to release that oxytocin. And you would not think. But, um, and of course, like I work from home, my husband works from home. It's very easy for us to find a point of connection. We have a really snuggly dog. Our cat, much more scary. The dog, very snuggly. So lots of opportunities for it, even in the house. And Chris, I'm so with you. Like, I love these little moments where I get to connect with other people in my day. Even if I'm feeling a little bit like under the weather, I can feel better just by getting out and kind of being around people. So yeah, I'm with you. Chris, I find it interesting too, you naming that with the dopamine when it's connected with oxytocin, that when you're doing a project with somebody else. And so I think sometimes our awareness of, again, these are particular brain chemicals that are more natural to us, but we do need all four. God designed us to need and to experience all four of them. So it's interesting kind of noticing when these two are coupled together, then I can experience dopamine, but by itself, it's not very motivating or appealing or a natural thing. So that's an interesting observation that you have. Well, next in the dose is serotonin. And we produce serotonin when we feel respected and valued by others. Um, we can find security in our social importance and serotonin is released. Um, also, interestingly enough, 80% of serotonin lives in our gut. And so when we are um, having healthy guts and um, being out in sunshine, things like that, that so, so serotonin is kind of very deep, deep within us, kind of that, those gut level of feeling loved, valued, respected, et cetera. So as we think about serotonin, what comes up for you guys? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned being out in the sun, being outside, being connected to others. This uh, summer has been a summer at the pool with my kids. And so I'm outdoors, I'm playing in the pool with my kids. And there's this ability to just, you know, after I play with them for a while to, to sit, you know, in, in a chair and just you know, relax. And it just like all the stress is just kind of going out of me. And uh, so that, that is how I've been experiencing serotonin recently. 
I find it interesting the connection between the gut, the serotonin levels in the gut, and, and we said like these are brain chemicals, right? And it's kind of a big deal because I was recently talking with somebody about someone I knew that was having some digestive issues and they asked about how their mental health was going, how is anxiety and things like this. And uh, apparently there are these links, right, that if we're not feeling well in the gut, are we experiencing anxiety or other struggle. And then in yet a different conversation I was having, they were talking about the importance of mirroring. So this kind of words of affirmation, somebody reflecting, like we get our self-esteem a lot from people reflecting back to us. And so they were actually saying like usually in adulthood people have a better time of this than they do in their teens. It's more difficult for people to figure out who they are. But yeah, those words of affirmation, that sense of belonging, uh, and I feel it in my own life. If I've done a bunch of work and we just keep going, we just keep ticker taping without <laughs> any like pause to say was it good or bad, um, I can start to think it must be bad because nobody said it was good. And so that sense of, yep, got to keep that <laughs> serotonin level up seems pretty big. Yeah, it's interesting that you're both kind of naming that importance of a pause, right? So Chris, you're connecting with others at the pool, but then you are taking a pause and a break to sit in the sun and to be and Christina that we're doing the things we're doing the dopamine again but we're pausing to to take that in on a deep level that reflective space that really soaking it in so yeah I think that's really interesting that you're both naming that and then of course too we often talk about just the importance of body mind spirit connections and so again sort of naming that the gut and the brain there is connection there and that really matters and is important and then finally the e is endorphins and um, we produce endorphins when our body needs to protect us from feeling pain. So it motivates us to ignore pain in order to move forward. And um, so this is, you know, there's sort of these classic examples of avoiding danger and, you know, um, the, the mom lifts the car to save the baby, this like rush of endorphins type of a thing. Um, but also we have endorphins released when we exercise, when we're moving, when we're laughing. So it doesn't have to be the extreme of danger, but these things where life is stressful and endorphins are released to help us to avoid, you know, if we had to experience all the negative emotions in a given day, I don't think we could function. Right. So endorphins are there to, to help us to manage those sorts of things. So, um, I wonder what comes up for the two of you along those lines. Yeah, the exercise feels like, oh, sure, right? We go out, we take a walk, or like in my case, <laughs> you get up first thing, you do your workout. Uh, but I think the majority of my endorphins, I think I run through my exercise endorphins kind of quickly, to be honest. I don't know why, but it, maybe it's first thing in the morning. I don't know what the problem is. But they, they do not serve the whole day of happiness. I think, I think, ironically, it's when I have a bunch of things that need to get done that is a light up maneuver. I think I go into that like, oh, you got to hit safety mode and, uh, and all these endorphins start rolling. So having a really difficult thing is like, okay, let's do this. And it tends to be, I don't post much on social media, but sometimes the memories come up from when I used to post more and it'll be like, I've got three events and a parade to you know avoid because they always take up the middle of the most important street, you know. And that seems to motivate me enough that I would post about it, right? So big, lots of things to do seems to get my juices flowing in a like, all right, let's do the impossible. 
That's interesting. I feel like I'm the opposite where for me, one of my spiritual practices of releasing stress from the day or hard stories is walking. And so I, and sometimes I'll even take a midday walk if there's a lot that I need to kind of work out in my body. So that's interesting. I would say that's the opposite for me of exercise and movement really being a release for me. Yeah. I, I think when I think about endorphins or what is most memorable to me is experiences in our life that have been super challenging and super tough. And, you know, Christina Roberts and I have this practice at the end of the day of reflecting, uh, reflecting the day. And there, there have been memorable moments where we're talking about just incredibly challenging situations. And I'll say something super sarcastic about an experience. And Christina will start laughing you know, like gut laughing and I'll start laughing with her. And I find that as I go to bed and I wake up the next day, there was this release, like that tension, that, that gut riching, challenging situation that we were, that we were talking about has just sort of dissipated. And so I, I've experienced it through laughter. Uh, I've also experienced it, uh, you know, Christina Kaiser, me and Dominic were talking recently about food and, and eating food and, and uh, noises that people make. In fact, we were referencing what about Bob, you know, um, and this is a movie in, I think maybe the early late eighties, early nineties, where this guy is just enjoying his food and just like, mm, mm, mm. and, you know, I, I really, love to see people enjoying food and it makes me mindful to enjoy my food as well. And, and um, like, not just to rush through, uh, but to really enjoy it and how that could be uh, a way to just sort of release uh, instead of, instead of like, I just got to get it down and I got to go about my day, like taking that pause to eat, let it, it, let, let yourself enjoy it. And so that's, a, that's another thing that comes up for me with endorphin. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today on the podcast is because I think if we aren't aware of how our brain chemicals work, what can happen is we can either go into too much or too little, right? So we can deprive ourselves of pleasures all day long. And then at the end of the day, we want to reward ourselves because we've, we've plowed through and gone through and we want the binge watching or eating food that we're not even hungry for or excessive drinking or things like that. And not that any of those things are bad in and of itself, but that's very different from throughout the day, having those moments of pleasure and brain chemicals being released and weaving it into our day so that at the end of the day, we're not completely depleted in that. Um, and then of course, you know, on the opposite side, we can overdo, I think, Christina, you mentioned earlier with the dopamine workaholism. And I think with, with all of these, there's the temptation to fall into peer pressure, right? Like we want to connect, but then there's, you know, peer pressure and keeping up with the Joneses can be sort of a unhealthy expression of, of uh, oxytocin or um, comparing ourselves, being over competitive at the expense of others can be unhealthy expressions. Um, again, uh, numbing, addictive behaviors, things like that. So um, I wonder how that's shown up with you both this idea of throughout the day, as opposed to having, you know, too little or too much of, of this and then going into excess. I think um, it's more like seasons of life. So there was a season where I became just so very tired, right? And so that motivation went way down. I started eating 
tons more junk food, you know, it was just a more stressful time. I was sleeping more and it took a, a few months to kind of reset and these little, uh, these little changes that we're talking about in the day, like savoring a meal, savoring the person that you're eating with, getting back on a routine of some kind, allowing myself to have a meaningful schedule. But it was a season. It took a few months actually to turn it around because I was just so worn out. Yeah, I think where I've seen sort of like the over um, use of these in my life, uh, I'm an Enneagram 7 and one of our our chief tenants is to avoid pain at all costs. And so whenever I think about being happy, I think about food or beverages. And so I think, you know, before I found out about dose, I was already being mindful and aware. And so one of the practices that I instituted was intermittent fasting and, you know, giving my body a break. And I think that made me mindful in another way. But whenever I found out about dose, it's like, well, what about the rest of the day? You know, well, enjoying your food and then being mindful of whenever you think about being happy, you think about food or you think about, you know, beverages, uh, how, how do you, how do you just say, okay, this, this is what I need for now. And that that's enough. So excess is probably where I've, I've noticed that in, in, in my life around, you know, the avoidance of pain or, um, you know, just not, not being mindful. Christina, I appreciate you naming too, that sometimes we do have seasons where there's a particular lowness, you know, um, we all live in the north part of the United States, and it gets really cold and really dark. And so seasonal depression is a a huge thing that we are all navigating in the northern part of this uh, country. And so sometimes um, there is, you know, the need for medication seasonally, or, of course, with the dose too, none of us here are professional psychiatrists, psychologists, but, you know, there are times when, you know, we our professionals recognize, hey, these levels are so low that we do need some medication to help with that. So I don't want to ignore that and certainly want to make mention of that. I think what we're talking about is when we all kind of have those functional levels of that, what are some things and ways the contemplative can help us to engage even deeper and to, to really take some of these things in. So I want to make sure that we're mentioning that as well. Yeah. And I have to say, you because I've done a lot of research on joy and how joy shows up in our lives and Uh, And then I've looked at my own life because I have so many of these little things that people suggest already going, including like pops of color and, you know, fun moments, like shapes. So there's so many little things that they talk about that bring joy. Uh, But there is a difference, I think, between this kind of profound, lasting joy and this moment to moment happiness. Like you can have a moment of happiness and that serves you to some extent. And But you can know on the inside that you feel profoundly anxious or profoundly worried or profoundly afraid. And I have found personally that I really need my meditation and prayer practice. I need to get to that still space where I can live into a real trust of like, you are safe, you are protected, you are okay. Like to get that true level of contentment these little like things they're fine they help but they're they help in a smaller percentage to me than my meditation and prayer practice and i think that's important to name that we probably all have different anchor practices in our lives or anchor things that we do that really nourish these different brain chemicals in our lives so again for me i would say an anchor is my walking and if i don't get walks in i i notice that and that really affects me and so 
you know, for you, it's the meditation. And I think maybe for you, Chris, it's savoring. I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's important to name that we, we do probably have these anchor ones, or perhaps we're learning and becoming aware. And this is an invitation to notice, oh, wow. Like I do notice as I'm listening to this podcast, some of the letters pop for me, like, yep, I, I certainly relate to that. And that comes easy. And these other letters aren't popping. And so maybe that's invitation to bring that and to, to consider, okay, are there some things that I can do adding in pops of color or, you know, different connection points or, you know, adopting a pet, things like that, that can help. Well, thanks for a generative conversation. I have appreciated learning more about Dose Together with the two of you. And on that note, this is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we're into this week. So what are we into? We are in our house. So we had planted strawberries last year and they did almost nothing. And then this year they really produced and then they got really bushy. And we realized like, oop, there's all these runners that are growing. And the runners are these little remarkable things. They they come out and they form a root and they plant themselves. So we had a ton of these things, which we have now pulled out so that we can get back in the rows. And I'm pretty sure like we now have the ability to plant new strawberry plants off of these old ones. And so we have some big plans to put in more strawberries along the house and enjoy the fruits of it throughout the summer. So that is what I'm into. Love it. Well, I am into different types of art. And so we just recently here in Madison had the art fair on the square, which is where they you know, kind of shut down the downtown area and all the different local art vendors set up. And it was fascinating. Just, you know, I think when I picture an art fair, you know, you kind of have these different types of art that you're imagining, but there were so many creative expressions of art all along the downtown square. There was one booth that was a, a real highlight for us where they took vinyl records and they reshaped the vinyl into these really cool photos and, and pictures of these different bands with the different vinyls of that band and just super creative, you know, can like jewelry, pottery, woodworking, lights. So I am into different expressions of art. Well, I have been into sunsets and not just the sun setting and, and the beautiful, vibrant colors that happen at night, but also the lightning bugs. Uh, I think they're coming around a little bit later in the year. Usually they, they come around June, but it is, you know, July right now. And they are, you know, just popping the night with this green fluorescent color. And so I find myself waiting for sunset and making sure that I'm outdoors a little bit or, you know, by a window or have our, we have a huge bay window and just watching uh, just the different insects popping and the sun and the color. So I've been into sunsets. Yeah, maybe if I can add to that, we have a Korean exchange student staying with us and he's never seen fireflies before. So about a week ago was his first experience ever in his life seeing a firefly. So really fun to see that and to reminisce as a kid catching fireflies. So great thing to be into. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.